Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. However you have found us today, I'm glad you're here. I am Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this is called The Session. Yes. Now, this is 4th of July weekend. We have just celebrated 4th of July Right. I just had some time off with family in Michigan and very thoroughly enjoyed, you know, celebrating mm-hmm. our 40th anniversary, Janet Bill's 30th, and Stacy and Tom's 20th. Okay. So yeah. it was one big thing all at once, and, and yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's uh, so it was, it was a good time together, but I felt like it was important that on this weekend, where there's still a lot of travel going on, that we stop and reflect and remember why we have a holiday like 4th of July. Right. And why we need to protect and defend vigorously, I think, our our Christian heritage as a nation. Absolutely. And we are going to get our pastor hats out. Well, mm. you'll get your pastor hat out. I'll get out my youth director hat, which has just got more holes in it and is a little bit crumpled. And we're going to talk some about our founders, and we're going to talk more about why we are here doing what we do mm-hmm. as a nation. So uh, before we jump into all that, Tom, you have a passage for us out of Isaiah, of all places. Yes, Isaiah 61, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So, very interesting phrasing there. Yeah, and we need to, as a as Christians, stand firm for the gift that God has given us in this nation. Absolutely, yeah, you know? it is an incredible gift. Tom, let's just start with Fourth of July traditions. Okay, is it was there a typical Fourth of July for the Russell family? Well. Primarily, there are a number of different fireworks that my wife really likes to go to. And traditionally, when the children were still at home, what we would do is go to Red, White, and Boom in Columbus. Oh, wow. Okay. Which we really liked when it was computerized and the sound with the explosions and that kind of thing. Well, that was really good. And there was several times that we were there, I remember one that you could see off on the horizon, there was a serious storm. Yep, I remember those. Yeah, and it was coming our way. And I asked some of the mounted police there what was going on, what were they aware of? And they said, that's a tornado and it's coming our way. Yeah, I remember that that tornado warning one. Yeah. Yeah, that place cleared out in a hurry. It did, (laughs) yes. And, you know, I had taken my family. Now, my wife was a little skeptical, but she joined us. (laughs) And we found a cement area where we were tucked away from the weather, and we waited, and we watched that crowd. It was like a herd. Oh, yeah. 
And you got to give Columbus police a lot of credit for the way they got downtown emptied. Yeah. With that many hundred thousand people that quick was really something. Absolutely. You know? well, yeah. For my family, it was always a week away, usually, at my grandpa's cabin in Michigan. Okay. And we just got away from everything and everybody, and we had sparklers on the down by the dock on the lake or up at the cabin. And it was just a week to swim and to lay around and be lazy and fish. And, uh-huh. you know, that's what I always remember, listening to Detroit Tigers games on the radio while we were swimming. Oh, interesting. That, was, that had to be done. It was one of the few radio stations you could pick up in that part of northern Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we've done the fireworks thing. My wife really likes it, and we do it. That's great. And when the children are around, you know, we will invite them to be with us. Well, I'll bet you get down toward where Mandy is down there in Texas. They do some big fireworks oh, things do. down there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's so flat, you can see it forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into some of our Christian heritage according to our founders. Right. That's what I really want us to understand today is that our founding fathers had a faith in God. Now, we can argue about whether they were Methodists or Catholics or Universalists or whatever. That, to me, is a a non-issue, side-issue thing. Exactly. Well, let's start, Tom, with Thomas Paine and what he had to say. Well, and Scott, Thomas Paine said, I believe in one God and no more, and I hope for happiness beyond this life. I believe in the equality of man, and I believe that... Religious duties consist of doing justice, loving mercy, and endeavoring to make our fellow creatures happy. So he believed in one God. We're creatures. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I like the choice of word there. Yeah. All right. How about John Adams? Well, and John Adams was really interesting. He was raised in uh, the Congregational Church, and he established the church in his home state of Massachusetts. And he said, the revolution was in the minds and hearts of the people a change in their religious sentiments of their duties and obligations. So they were here wanting change. Interesting, because that that was part of the reason when you read the real history books, there was the Church of England and the colonists, many of them being Puritans, were saying, no, we can't worship the king. We must worship God. The king said, no, this is the Church of England. You will worship me. And they said, no, nah, I think we're going to go on a road trip. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And, and off they went. Yeah. And, and those churches, you know, so many of those churches that were started by the founders yeah. or their families are still in existence. If you go up and down the East Coast. Right. You know, from Pennsylvania up into Maine, you, you're going to run into these churches. And I think that's just an amazing part of our history. And with our son living just north of Boston, there are some of those churches. And Kathy just absorbs those when we see them. She gets so interested in seeing it. And most all of them have plaques on the outside stating their historical value and when they were built. Like, 1647 yeah isn't that amazing yeah you got to give them credit they knew how to build that's for sure yeah they did yeah let to last as long as they have all right let's go on to sam adams sam was proud of his puritan heritage and emphasized puritan values in his political career especially virtue samuel adams senior was a prosperous merchant and church deacon. He said, religion and good morals are the only solid foundation of public liberty and happiness. So religion and good morals. Well, back then they did call it religion. Uh, You know, I like the word Christianity better, but, but let's 
I get the impression they may have been more inclusive of other what we would call denominations. Yeah. It wasn't as big a deal if you were a Methodist and I was a Congregationalist. Right. We had a faith. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was the key. I think that's the, the thing that I've been touched by so much in here, and we're going to see it big with Washington here in a second, is how much their faith was a bedrock for everything they did. Not right. just government, their their lives, their t- communities, their families, everything. Their faith was the bedrock. And it was based on that then, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it didn't matter what faith you were. Right. You know, and that's, I think you're going to see it next as we talk about George Washington. So, and that became then what they began to base their decision-making on mm-hmm. as they built our country. And those who oppose it would say, oh, I wasn't a Christian country. What are they going to do with their beliefs? Wow, they're going to park those on the uh, shelf somewhere and forget them while they form our country? They're going to rewrite them. Yeah, Right. I better leave it at that or I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh Okay, let's move on to George Washington. During the Revolutionary War, Washington regularly attended services held by military chaplains and local civilian congregations. Often, if he was traveling, Washington would stop for services at whatever church was nearby, regardless of its denomination. And over the course of his life, he is known to have attended services as a Presbyterian. I was Presbyterian. Quaker, Roman Catholic congregationalist baptist and dutch reformed churches i'm not sure but dutch reformed churches may have had part of the connection with the amish oh you know you would think i would know that having amish in my background but i don't know that for sure but that's a distinct possibility well in as well as i want to say there was a dutch presbyterian church too could very well have been I, i like what washington said here While we are contending for our own liberty, we should be very cautious not to violate the rights of conscience in others, ever considering that God alone is the judge of the hearts of men, and to him only in this case they are answerable. Wow. Who's he accountable to? Oh, God. God. Yes. I mean, how do you deny that? If you do not believe this is a Christian nation, how do you answer these these statements by the founding fathers? For sure. Who was it that said about morals? Sam Adams. They had religion and good morals. You know, what would be defined as good morals today? That's a scary thought. I don't know that there are any. Right. And it's all relative to whatever you believe. Exactly. Which is so sad. And isn't that the itching ears that's talked about in Scripture? Interesting. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. What I said. I find this interesting, too, Tom, that at least 50 of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence were known to be Christians. Interesting. Known to be. I mean, how can you say we're not a Christian nation or not founded as a Christian nation, knowing that? Exactly. And so what do you have to—what do you do with that to to write your own agenda today? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, what do you do with that when human rights now has become God? I'm not right. okay with that. Right, right. No, I, I agree. So why, and maybe it's worth, we kind of touched on it a second ago. Let's touch back on why did the colonists come to America in the first place? Great question. They wanted religious freedom and economic opportunity. The United States is a country where individual rights and self-government are important. This has always been true. Colonists first came to America for freedom. 
All right, so Tom, let's turn to five Christian reminders for the 4th of July weekend. Here's number one, Scott. The 4th of July reminds us that our nation was founded by men who recognized God was their creator. Let's dive into that for just a minute. If you're saying, Scott, you're crazy, they didn't do that. All right. All right. So here we go. The 4th of July celebrates the adopting of the Declaration of Independence by Congress on July 4th, 1776, the document begins with Thomas Jefferson's famous words, we hold these truths to be self-evident. What truths might those be in, Scott? I don't know. Let's read on and find out. (laughs) That all men are created equal. They are endowed by what? Their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then there's that one sentence. So let's break the sentence down. You started it. Okay. All men created equal. Yes. Okay, so Thomas Jefferson, you have to admit, did not believe in evolution if he believes that all men are created equal. Yeah. Now, there's a whole other side of this to what about the slavery and those that are brought over and people of color, and I get that. Right. I, they're, 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 to me, is a conversation to be had there. But this is what these men wrote at the time. The other thing that you point out, Thomas Jefferson believed men have a creator. Yes. Or creator, if you want to be grammatically correct. Yeah. So Jefferson believed that. Okay, there's the first one. Okay. Uh (laughs) All right. So he gives credit to God for the rights that we have. And he called them an unalienable because he knew they were given by a God and therefore they could not be taken away. Yes. Yeah. And how real that is. But what has happened over the generations to come to those kinds of founding father documents in Washington, D.C., in the museums, that's there. But yet people look at it and it's like it's no different than any other historical document. When in fact, this is the beginning. This is why. This changed the world. It did. This document. And to deny that it was started by a, a group of men who had a faith in God. Right. I'm sorry, forgive me if this is you, but it's ludicrous. Right. To think that a group of Christian men would not incorporate their Christian faith into the founding documents of a nation they were founding. And so now today they want to talk about, well, it's important that we have growth and change. Change is In a humanist way. Yeah. So that's how they maybe okay it. But we're still talking about the same God who hasn't gone anywhere. He's still very real today. They are the ones who have evacuated, they've left, they've distanced themselves, going, what is God? What is he? It's all about me. Yeah. And that's where that secular viewpoint comes in, and that's why we need to focus on this and we need to remember it because it's not being taught in a lot of our schools now. Yeah. Sadly, it's not being taught in our schools, and we need to remind our kids that this is what we're here for. Another reminder for Christians about the 4th of July reminds us of our true freedom. I'm thankful for independence, Scott, from Great Britain, but I'm more thankful for the greater independence that Jesus has given us from the law. So it was the freedom that when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we basically were free from the Pharisees and Sadducees and how the letter of the law and having to watch every move you made, that there was grace and mercy now. Away from the dogma of tradition and man 
written rules. Yes. There's a few verses of Scripture we can certainly tie in here, Romans 10.4. Well, Paul says, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Because we now fall under grace if we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's not because I've held these rules and I'm perfect. That's not going to work, but the enemy is sure to deceive people. Absolutely. Then there's Galatians 3, 24 and 25. So therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So again, it's by faith that we believe that Jesus went to the cross and we believe it with all that we are and have relationship with him, that he went to the cross, he died, he rose again, defeating sin and death, and his blood has covered our sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, see, now we're going to get you preaching if we're not careful here, uh, right? Hey, boy, I'm getting there. I like the reference to tutor, though, because as kids, some of us may have had tutors. Like, I had a speech tutor to learn how to say the letter S. Okay. You imagine uh-huh. being Scott Thaunders no. <laughs> as a kid. I right. went through speech therapy with a tutor to taught me how to say the letter S. Right. I, I had a tutor, too, but go ahead. Math? I In math, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just, just thinking out loud. I kind of guessed. Yeah, algebra. <laughs> If it hadn't been for a man by the name of John Falls who took me under his wing when I was at Ohio State and had to understand algebra, I would probably have never reached the level that I have. Yeah. But he helped me survive, and I I think I I passed by the skin of my teeth. But see, here's the thing about that tutor. You still don't go see him, do you? No. So eventually you graduated past that tutor. Right. And moved on into life. And that, that to me, is what that verse is talking about there, that, you know, we had the tutor, the law led us up there. Right. The law tutored us in the ways of God, and then God said, okay, now here's my son. He's going to fulfill all of this. You don't need that tutor anymore. Now it's time to move on to high school math or whatever you want to call it. Uh Uh-huh. And growth. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. So something else that Fourth of July can remind us of as Christians that we are dual citizens. I like this. This is good. I am thankful for American citizenship, but I'm even more thankful for my citizenship in heaven. Paul writes in Ephesians 2.19, So then you are no longer strangers, and there's that word again, aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we are citizens with folks like Paul. See, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And even, even cooler still, we're joint heirs with Christ. Amen. You know? Yes. If the Holy Spirit is in us, we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are joint heirs with Jesus. Well, right now as we speak, he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. Interceding for us. Yes. And so that's what we have because we are joint heirs. Joint meaning equal and heirs meaning we're going to inherit. We're going to equally inherit what Jesus inherited. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. I can't get my head around that. Right. I, I really honestly can't. I'm not, I mean, I got a Big Ten education, so I'm not mm. that bright in the first place. <laughs> but, you know, it's just incredible to have that dual citizenship. You know, I'm proud to be an American citizen. Right. But I'm even more thrilled to be a citizen of heaven. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Our God sees us, but he sees the Holy Spirit in us. Well, the Holy Spirit's part of him. So that's one of the reasons. Right. Absolutely. All right. And then the fourth thing that the 4th of July reminds us of, the freedoms that we can, wait a minute, yield? Yield. I'm not giving up my freedoms. Okay. Okay. Let's break these down. uh, So Paul said Christians should see themselves as slaves. 
Interesting. Uh-huh. So in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, do you not know that you are not your own? You were bought at a price. That would have been Jesus on the cross. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So in becoming Christians, we've chosen to give up our freedom to live for Christ. So freedom to make a choice of, heaven forbid I would use the term human rights. Oh, I thought you were going to say golf. (laughs) (laughs) Probably both of those. Yeah. No, we have, you know, we are now have given Christ control of our lives. But in giving him control, we have freedoms that come with that. We had the freedom to choose or not choose Christ. Right. Once we have, we have even more freedoms within him and in being a part of him Mm -hmm. now. And I, that's just exciting for us. All right, let's 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 take a peek here at Romans 14, 21, Tom. Time's starting to run away from us Okay, here. it is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. So we want to be careful what we do. Well, see, it says right there, Scott, to be offended, and I'm offended. No. Uh, sorry, you've got a complete misinterpretation of the word there. Mm-hmm. We don't want to misrepresent Christ and cause a young one to stumble because of our misrepresentation. Well said. And if I, if me boldly saying I am a Christian offends you, right? Sorry. Uh huh. Yeah. FCC, come and get me. I'm a Christian, <laughs> and I said it on the radio. Yeah. You know, go ahead. All right, First Corinthians 8.13. So, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So it's an example, again. We have freedom to eat the meat, but we also have to consider what about our impact. It's what I used to tell my youth group. There's a time and place for everything. Right. Now, I used to tell them there's a time and place for everything, and this is neither. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because they're usually doing something stupid. (laughs) That youth are capable of. All right, so the last thing of these five points here, the 4th of July reminds us of the sacrifices that were made for our freedom. So we think about the sacrifices, countless soldiers who have lost their lives, and I don't want to minimize their sacrifices remotely, Without their bravery, we wouldn't have many of the blessings we enjoy today. How true is that? Amazing, yes. Hallelujah. But we should think about the greatest sacrifice that was made for our freedom. There's a common saying, freedom isn't free. To enjoy the freedom we have in our country, people have had to pay for it. Likewise, someone had to pay for the freedoms we enjoy from the law and the punishment for our sins that we deserve. Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So our sacrifices are very real. Jesus gave all, sacrificed himself for us. Completely. And this 4th of July, we remember those who gave of themselves for our independence. Right. You know, we can enjoy both of those freedoms as Christians today. Right. Not just from the men and women that have died protecting us in our country, 
but then the sacrifice that Jesus made. It's a way that we can use the 4th of July as a reminder of our dual freedom that we have as a country and as Christians. So that becomes a, a more meaningful celebration. Absolutely. And we also then can take what our founding fathers have done and on, on the 4th is a day to celebrate their success that they had. Oh, I love that, Tom. Well, well done. done. How about that? Wow. <laughs> celebrate the success of what they accomplished yes all right so tom we're at the end of things today we haven't talked about our usual topics you know you are a christian counselor someone is dealing with something and would like to set up a conversation how can they reach you well scott i can be reached at heritage christian counseling ministries.com thank you for joining us for this session You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.